All right. Are we good to go? I'm all set. Okay, great. Levels are all good. Hello. Welcome to Flaunt. Build your dreams and live your sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle and oh my gosh, this is my four year anniversary of having a radio show. I know, I can't believe it. It's so perfect. Um, before we go any further, I'm just going to throw this little plug out there. If you go to my website, laurachedle.com, which is L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com, you can download my bundle of joy gift pack. And it's really designed to get you into your smart, sexy, spiritual self. There is a downloadable sexy charity tutorial that is designed just for you to get comfortable in your skin. There is a downloadable MP3 hypnosis on creating one positive habit so you can master your habits. They want to master you. And then there is a one page, no, it's actually a two page, a two page sheet on developing your intuition. So yay. Also, as part of my flaunt anniversary, I am pledging to you all, my amazing listeners, to only bring you guests who are the cream of the crop, who will truly help you step into your power and your joy and fulfill all of your expectations, and then some. And that <laughs> is why I am so deeply humbled and excited to bring you today's guest. Now, you've probably heard of her before, but let me just read about her a bit. Gina DeVee. Yes, my guest is Gina DeVee, and she is a published author, accomplished speaker, podcast host, business coach, and self-made millionaire entrepreneur. She is dedicated to her, to her career to helping women connect spiritually, start profitable businesses, create wealth from the feminine perspective. Woohoo! I love that. And become highly visible so they can make a global impact. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about her journey, but she started out as a struggling psychotherapist, and she is now a globe-trotting entrepreneur. She's been in the first lady's office. She's got a master's in clinical psychology and her multimedia company and lifestyle brand is divine living. <laughs> now who doesn't love that? I know I want to live in a divine way. Anyway, her mission is to show women everywhere how to be the queen of their lives. She believes that within every woman, there is a queen and that it is only from the position of queen that you can fulfill your purpose. Being a queen means that you must no longer pretend to be anything other than brilliant, capable, and fabulous. And with that, let me bring on Gina and she can lead the way to queendom. <laughs> Thank you and welcome, Gina. Oh, Laura, it's such a pleasure to be here and what an amazing energy you've created for us and everyone already. Oh, wonderful. Let's just start from the beginning. Oh my gosh, Queendom, you've got this book, your first yes. book called The Audacity to Be Queen. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about your mission and what it means to be a queen. Yes. Well, there has never been a better time in the history of the world to be a woman. And so if we're going to just rock this out, it's about all 
things queenhood. Uh, being queen is, the archetype of queen is the masterful blend of the masculine and the feminine. Because I think that it's time for us to really lead from the feminine place and master the arts of pleasure and play and prioritizing ourselves while keeping some of our masculinity intact. So queen is really about being the best version of yourself and unapologetically manifesting just wealth, love, abundance, and the highest level of success in every area of our life. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I couldn't agree more. And I love how you talk about the marrying of the masculine and the feminine energies because Mm -hmm. all people, whether they're male or female, have a mix of energies. And it's important to tap into both. But being predominantly female, I think sometimes that gets lost. I'd like you to share with listeners a little bit about your journey. Um, When you were a struggling psychotherapist, uh, were you more in your masculine energy? How did that play out for you? Yes, yes. Well, I was a combination of, I was in my masculine energy and more importantly, I was cut off from my femininity. I call it the injured feminine instinct. So if masculinity is about being driven and taking action and being logical and linear and practical, we know it's that provider protector energy, but ultimately masculinity is about giving. And femininity is about being, it's about the insightful, the intuitive, the creative, the pleasurable, the you know, ability to see things not as they are, but as they could be. And ultimately, Femininity is about receiving. And when I was a broke, struggling psychotherapist with $75,000 of debt, what was going on is I had an injured feminine instinct around receiving, receiving in so many areas, receiving, obviously, wealth, receiving my value, receiving a compliment, receiving visibility, attention. I was afraid and uncomfortable of receiving, so then by default, I felt more safe in and more in control in my masculine to give. It felt easier to give, but I was in a place I was like giving what I didn't have to give and I was over giving. So I was left depleted. Oh, I like that. I, I love that term injured feminine because I think so many of the listeners, whether it's at work, whether they are parents at home and they're just giving and giving and giving and giving and giving can totally relate with that. So how did you kind of start identifying that and then healing yourself and stepping into your own queenhood? What was quite a long journey for me, which is why I wrote the book. So I hope it's a lot shorter of a journey for other people. Um, You know, I, like so many women, I was just an ordinary woman who had really big dreams and desires and felt so far away from them. You know, at this point I was in my twenties and I had done everything right. Like I went to college and I got a job and I was hardworking and, you know, but I was, I was still broke. I was living at home with my parents at the age of 30. I, you know, like the, the big epic life, it was so far away and it was like, it was supposed to be here now. I was an adult. Right. And so, um, you know, thankfully I, I, I grew up in a spiritual environment. So I've always had a very close relationship with God And I've always believed in miracles, but I think think I believed in miracles like for ancient times. And I believed in like medical miracles for people who had like a brain tumor, but I didn't know how to integrate miracles in areas that I thought weren't really spiritual at that time. Like this was the nineties. So it's like, I didn't think you could ask for a miracle with money, like a financial miracle. Like what was that? 
that. Like a miracle for your marriage maybe, but not for your lifestyle or a miracle to have a better lifestyle or to be able to travel the way I wanted to or live in a dream home or, um, you know, or even really to create a successful career. I kept God and spirit out of the areas that were most important to me because I thought they were unspiritual. So on my journey, I became, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I started to realize that the integration of spirit with whatever my desires are, because the spirit has placed those desires in my heart in the first place, that was the, the, the sweet spot, so to speak. So I started to collect and integrate my desires with my spirituality, and then things took off from there. I love so much of that story. Um, you know, my work is all around smart, sexy, and spiritual. And what you said is such a common belief of not only women, but of men out there that spirituality is over here yes. and then our whole life is over here and it's all the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Society has deemed what's spiritual and what's materialistic or what is appropriate or responsible and what is frivolous. But I found, I've found over the course of time that the universe has much different definitions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we are meant to have fun. And that's something that I love about your brand, that it is a lifestyle brand. And it's not that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I know about you, it's not it's not that we all have to travel or we all have to live a certain way. It's that you can have whatever you want. And if you value travel, travel. And if you value this kind of a home, have it. And if you value this, have it. It's lifestyle. It's you create your life. 100%. Yes. It's, you know, in being a queen, a woman must have a vision for her life. And I think that too many modern day women have gotten busy and busy is boring. So as a queen, when you are consciously designing your life, whatever that is, according to your own value system, where you're really taking responsibility for creating the life of your dreams, that's the opportunity that we modern day women have now. Oh, I love that. And just, I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit into archetypes. So many of us use archetypes in our work, love archetypes. For me, it all started with women who run with the wolves, which if you haven't said that, (laughs) you've got Bible, the feminine Bible. Yes. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. But I believe, and I want your take on this. I believe that so many women get locked in the princess archetype. Mm-hmm. that we're daddy's little girl and that we'll be taken care of and that people do things for us. And there is a transition from that princess to the queen that is enormously satisfying. And I just want to know if you see that and if you have any insight and helpful tips to help listeners who might think, oh, maybe I am stuck being a princess. Mm-hmm. Sure. In my book, I write uh, about over 20, there's over 22 different archetypes. And uh, one of them is just straight up princess. And another version of princess is the avoidant princess. So princess, so first of all, th- there's all of us have all of the archetypes within us. There's just certain ones that get more airplay than others, depending on what our programming and our conditioning is. So the princess really has a very naive outlook on life. And depending on how developed one is, um, 
princess can be very confused or very frustrated or get her feelings really hurt when things don't go her way. Because according to the princess mentality, you know, relationships should be like this and life should be like that and people should behave like this. And like, there's a certain way of doing life according to the princess. And when it doesn't happen that way, she becomes very confused. A queen, on the other hand, is very wise to the depth and breadth of life and the totality of it. And so she's not shocked. She's not really surprised. And she doesn't react to what's happening. She, she responds at the highest level. So, you know, women, I'll use women. Women can be princesses in relationship. Um, you know, thinking that, that relationships are supposed to go a certain way. Women can be princesses with career. I see it all the time. Like I made one Facebook post and how come I don't have 30 new clients? And you know, there's like an entitled aspect, but it, it comes, I have compassion for the princess because she's genuinely confused. She's different than the bitch. The bitch is a different archetype. And so the princess is just genuinely confused and hurt and distraught because according to her beliefs, life is supposed to go a certain way. Ah, that absolutely makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. So for women out there who are listening to this and they're thinking, wow, I, I, I want to learn more. Obviously reading your book is a great start, but yes. do you have any other tips or insight for people who are thinking archetype? I've heard of that before, but I'm not quite sure what that is. <laughs> sure. Well, I think that, um, you know, people know more than they think that they know about it because basically, you know, archetypes have, have, um, been in our mainstream for a while now you know star wars is filled with archetypes um the wizard of oz is filled with archetypes you know so much about the hero and the heroine's journey is filled with these archetypes and the reason even in, in movies they're filled with these personas and the reason why stories are so compelling to us First of all, we, we can relate to all of it, right? We relate to the light side of the archetypes. We relate to the dark side of the archetypes. Um, you know, we, re we relate to the, the journey. And there's just something in our soul that knows that we are multifaceted creatures. And, you know, part of being a queen is really... It's not just owning that you have all of these different kind of lower human level vibrations in you and different sort of personas, but learning how to not have to use them to get your needs met and use the queen archetype to do so. So the only reason why a princess is sort of a damsel in distress is because that's how she thinks she can get attention or how she can get her voice heard. But when you learn how to operate from queenhood, you know how to speak the truth and love very powerfully. You know how to be seen. You know how to be visible. So you don't have to be the martyr or the slave girl, or I've got a couple of fun ones in there, like the paranoid gangster or the roller coaster rider. Like there's some secondary gain that we're all getting when we're in the lower vibrational archetypes. And yet, Freedom is a thought away. When you learn the tools that are in my book, when you um, gain the insights, when you learn from movies that you go to see, and um, you know, I think any, I, I just believe in doing whatever works. So any form of personal development, whatever book you're drawn to, whatever workshop, online course, podcast like this one, um, I really do believe that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And women more than ever are just taking radical responsibility for those flawed areas. 
is because it's like, it's so beneath us. It's not who we really are to have these chronic areas that we keep butting up against. If we are letting ourselves be overworked or undervalued or unloved, you know, we're all cleaning that stuff up really quickly right now. Um, so I think that the best resource is within yourself to become a seeker. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you for that. And again, circling that right back around to the beginning and the ability to receive, to receive is so important. And like you said, whether it's receiving love or money or just receiving from ourselves, and knowing that we are worth it, that mm -hmm. is absolutely the shift that's taking place on the planet right now. Yes. And I will go as far as to say is that anything that is not working in your life to the level that you desire it to be is due to your inability to receive. Like yes. it's that simple, right? Any, like when you think about anything that's not working at the level that you crave at the level that you desire is because on some level we have an injured feminine instinct that is blocking our level of receiving. And once you get that, it's not necessarily easy, but it is simple. And when you get how simple it is, you're like, I'm going to get great at receiving love. I'm going to get great at receiving money. I'm going to get great at receiving support, team players, uh, sisterhood, friendship, whatever it is that you're craving more of, it all goes, how, goes back to how good are you willing to let life get and how great are you committed to being at receiving. Yeah. And as you were thinking about that, I was thinking even the people who want to give more, even the people who want to be of service, you have to receive the opportunity to serve. I mean, it's, it's your spot on with that. Yes. Yeah. Now what about age? Does age have something to do with it? Obviously the naive feminine princess, whatever is young. Sometimes yeah. it's young in age. Sometimes it's just young in attitude. Is mm -hmm. this work? Do you think women in their twenties are fully capable of stepping into this? Or do you think wisdom does come with age? I believe that we are all different ages and different areas of our life. So absolutely, I, I know that there are women in their 20s who very much have queenhood intact, let's say, in career. And I've you know, seen um, so a 25-year-old could be a 50-year-old in career and a 12-year-old in relationship. A 37-year-old could be a 17-year-old in career and a six-year-old in relationship. So we are different ages in different areas of our life. So I know I do not think that wisdom necessarily comes with age. I believe that wisdom comes from awareness and from consciousness. And um, nobody is too young or too old. It's really about, you know, it's kind of like if you have a great body over the age of 35, if, if you do, you've worked at it. And I think that wisdom absolutely work at. I love that example. Yes, absolutely right. Now, not only do you help women really get in touch with who they are and to step into that queenhood, but you help them with the whole business mindset, yes. moving the spiritual piece into business and kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, spirituality is everywhere and we can use it in business as well. I would love it if you could share some tips or tricks or thought provoking ideas about marrying spirit 
and business to create that powerful entrepreneurship? Yes. Well, first of all, it takes a lot of money to be a queen. So let's just get real about that. You know, this, there's, there's glory to all the different archetypes, right? Thank God I didn't get monk. <laughs> I trust the monks, but I like my castle. I like my royal robes. <laughs> you I, you know, the whole thing. So I, and, and there's, there's different power in, in the goddess and the priestess. Like, you know, there's all kinds of powerful archetypes. I, I love being the queen partially because I am not all feminine. You know, as I said before, the queen is the masterful blend of the masculine and the feminine. So particularly when it comes to business and wealth generation, I definitely start from a place of vision and I start from a place of passion and I also start from a place of pleasure. I have a very high priority on pleasure. And one of the things that, one of the reasons I didn't create money faster was because I looked at all my friends who are wealthy and they were super masculine. They worked 15 to 18 hour days. It was so unattractive, but they had really big bank accounts and they were in industries that just didn't appeal to me at all. And then I looked at all my feminine energy friends and they like were broke and lovely human beings. And it's like, oh, I didn't want to be in either camp. And at the time it was just a Gandhi be the change moment. I was really asking where are the women who are wealthy and feminine? So when I started really studying what femininity is about, and so much of it is about pleasure, then I started asking better questions. And I started asking, how can I create wealth based on feminine principles? What's the most pleasurable way to make money? And I literally started $25 at a time, and then it would grow, and then it would quantum leap, and then it would grow, and it would quantum leap. So in terms of the wealth consciousness mindset for entrepreneurialism, let me see what wants to come through here. It's definitely necessary that women value themselves at a much higher level. I think that so much of our natural talents and abilities, um, so much of what we give, and especially when we're passionate about something, we're so happy to do it for free. And there's absolutely nothing wrong for that. We're generous creatures. But when you are out of exchange, that's where problem comes in because, you know, yes, there's all kinds of things that I do that I'm not looking for reciprocity in. However, at the beginning of my career, I didn't understand this. And I thought that it was spiritual, more spiritual and kind to just give and give sliding scale rates and reduce my rates and give extra time all for free. And what I realized what it did, it's like, it, it's like giving is exhaling and receiving is inhaling. So I'm like exhaling, exhaling, exhaling. Like I was like choking and I can't do my best work and I can't be my most generous when I'm not given to as well. And so I think that we women, we're, we're celebrators. Like we, we're really good at celebrating the sister and celebrating someone else. And, you know, I'll see like so many people, they'll go to other people's book signings and they'll buy other people's books and this and that. And then, um, you know, when it comes to themselves, like the squeamishness can show up. So I think the best piece of advice I can give to all of us women around the planet is to really own our value and get great at receiving compensation for what our, our work is, whether it's a product or a service and what we're passionate about. Um, you know, this is one where we could learn a little something from the guys, you know, they got no problem. They're like, yeah, you owe me money. 
Right. Right. And we overthink it. Oh my gosh, is she not going to like me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be the archetype of Little Miss Perfect, and she needs to die if you're going to be a queen. So we talk about that in the book, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also think it's so valuable what you said about creating the vision of what you want. And that in your own journey, you looked around and you looked at the you know masculine friends and the feminine friends, and you didn't want either. Because, you know, looking back on my own life, I was a corporate attorney for 10 years. Part of the reason that I wanted to go to law school was fighting for truth and justice, but also not going to lie, I wanted some money because I like my stuff and I like my experiences and I wanted that lifestyle. But no, it was never the kind of lifestyle that I wanted. And I think that is the case for so many women out there. They look around and they think it's not this and it's not this and they don't know where to be. And just the idea that you can create something different for some people is such a disruptive and novel idea. And I think that might just be their own gold nugget for the show today. It is amazing. It's really cool. Um, So I'll tell you a, a true story. So I had this amazing personal assistant and young woman in her early 20s and just you know a young queen but very much a queen and she um I I don't know I was I just started working on the book and it was my first draft and I'd written like the first four chapters and I just wanted some feedback like I'm like a, a visionary so like I have to like talk to think and I'm a collaborator and so I was like I said to her I said hey um would you just read these chapters and 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 give me some feedback and she handed me her resignation. <laughs> and I said, um, do tell. Wait. <laughs> and she said, Gina, I never knew I could do whatever I wanted and make money. And I, you know, being in the, being so fortunate to have been in this industry for 20 years now, it's, you know, a little bit of, you know, take a shower, brush your teeth change your life, do what you want. You know, like, right, it's, like, exactly. it's like, I'm like, and what else would someone do? You know? And she said, no one ever taught me that I could do whatever I wanted. She said, you know, I love you. I love being around you. I've had the best time here, but my, I've always wanted to be an artist. And I never thought that I could. And just reading the first four chapters, like I, I to my dream. yeah, it was that. And I was like, wow, uh, can't check me. Well, I, <laughs> Go sister. And like so quickly, I'm like, you know, we totally still stay in touch. She has her art in galleries. She's painting on clothing. And like the city of Houston hired her to do like a mural on like a wall. I mean, it's amazing what this woman has done in a matter of months. And so, yes, is the answer that it is a new concept for a lot of people and whatever we can do to share what, you know, I mean, I'm Gina from the suburbs of Detroit, you know, I'm a school teacher's kid and I didn't, I didn't grow up knowing that I could do whatever I wanted. And I thought that really beautiful lifestyles were really only for celebrities or professional athletes and rock stars. And I didn't know that you could have a passion based business and, you know, sky's the limit with, money, contribution, impact, joy, all of it. Mm-hmm. So there was a time when I didn't either. And, and it's, it's humbling to forget that um, this is a new message for some people. And so I'm so glad that you're hosting this podcast and spreading this message through that. Oh, 
Thank you. Because it is so important. And, and I think it's true. There's a lot of us. Some people have that lightning bolt moment and somebody comes in and teaches them, kind of like you did for your former personal assistant. But I think for so many of us, it's cumulative and we learn and then we see something and then we think and then we let it process. And it's so important just to verbalize it. And also, like you mentioned with having a good body after 35, if you have a good body after 35, don't apologize for it. Say, hey, I work hard for this. And yes, this is where I'm at. And if you work hard for your business and you've learned, it's so important as well to be like, yes, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. This is what was hard and this is what's possible. And, and that goes to that collaboration. I think women are naturally more collaborative mm -hmm. and there are a lot of women in our space. But from my experience, the women that I have met were all doing the same thing, but it's a different thing. And yes. it's very supportive. And it's not like, oh, competition, oh, push her down. It's truly raising everyone up. And I would just love to hear your thoughts on collaboration and femininity. Yes. Well, this has been quite the journey for me. It was actually one of my larger challenges throughout the years. Um, you know, I, I built my business pretty quickly and my wealth grew pretty fast. Uh, clients came in. I had some challenges around team there for a while too. But the sisterhood piece, I just dropped into it last year. Congratulations. Like it's, it was, it was the, for me, it was the last piece. So um, at the beginning, I think I had an injured feminine instinct around receiving and I, I just had a story that I didn't belong. So the only place that I really felt like I belonged was in my business because I was a solopreneur. So it was just me. So <laughs> it's like, here, this feels good. Except here. It, you know, um, and then, you know, as I ventured out because, you know, like attracts like, right. And so I had a story about not belonging. I would meet people and I didn't belong. Right. And, um, I, I did also, I've always naturally been a really generous person. So that like competition has not been my story. So I don't know what it was that the circles that I would float into were highly competitive. And it was kind of, it was, you know, veined collaborative, but it wasn't really. And so I didn't really connect and I, I kind of isolated and I barely kept in touch with colleagues in my industry and I didn't have a lot of friends. And then I, I think I unconsciously felt so defeated by it that like I didn't even try because I didn't really even believe that women like me existed or that I could belong somewhere. And then, you know, I, I met my man and I built my business and my brand took off. Like, like I kind of started checking off the boxes and I was like, this is ridiculous, Gina. Like there are 7.8 billion people in the world like your sisterhood does exist. And so I really went to spirit for it and I started praying and I applied all the techniques for manifestation that I did for everything else from the Malibu dream home to the, like, you know, the life's all of it. And I just started visualizing and seeing and asking and praying and doing the mantras. Like I see myself with friends that like we really enjoy each other and spirit has so more than delivered, but it's only, and I, I write about it in the book really, really openly and raw. Um, it literally just landed in my life last year and the group of women that I'm around and, and even like, like you, like, you know, this is a new relationship for us, but it's like, it's so obvious that it's just like collaborative and fun and playful. And it's like, Hey, how can I help you? And how can you help? Like, it's just like, so I think that whatever 
uh, I don't know. I'll have to look into what kind of archetype I had of uh, the loner. That's what it was. And the loner archetype going on there, um, it's definitely been healed and transformed because now I'm meeting women who like, it seems like women just can't outgive each other. It's like, like, let me do this for you. Let me do that. Like, it's just, and it's such a joy fest now. So um, I would say any woman who is isolated or thinks that it's not safe to be around other women. I just hosted a, a two day event in Miami and one woman stood up and she's like, I, I don't normally get along with other women. I don't feel safe with other women. And for her, it was around a mother's story. And she's like, I can't believe how loved and accepted and safe I feel. And so I really do believe that this is becoming much more mainstream for women, that the competition factor is over and it's not climbing to the top and trying to be like one of the guys that women are just really loving and supporting other women right now. I love that. And thank you for the vulnerability in sharing that too, not only around the sisterhood, because I'm sure that resonates with listeners out there, but also around the fact that sometimes there is still a piece in our life that just isn't working and that's okay. Enjoy what's working, receive from what's working, and then infuse that spirit into what's not working and then wait. Mm-hmm. Raise your standards. Absolutely. Now we've talked about spirit a few times and, and I too have got very deep spiritual practices. Do you have any spiritual practices that you could share with the listeners who are starting to think, Oh yes, mm-hmm, but how do I do that? <laughs> sure. I know this one is talked about a lot, but I think it's, um, it's not necessarily practiced quite as much. And it is the morning routine. So I call it my spiritual workout because there was a time when I was so busy with everything. Even I convinced myself, like, I don't have time for that. And then I realized like the condition of my life, like when I wake up and the first thing I do is go check my phone. It was just, it was not, not a good space, not who I desired to be as a woman. And so I got into a place that I can do anything for 20 minutes. And so I have my spiritual workout is a 20 minute workout and it's five minutes of reading, five minutes of writing, five minutes of meditation and five minutes of movement. And there isn't a woman on the planet that can convince me that you can't find 20 minutes at the beginning of your day. You just get up 20 minutes earlier and you do that and your life changes. And so, um, you know, starting your day with God and starting your day by prioritizing yourself and really having command of your day and being in tune with your body and filling yourself with you know new consciousness reading it's so simple but has such a profound effect so I know like I said I know the the concept of morning routine is not new to your listeners however did you do it this morning like did you actually do it this morning and how consistent with you with it are you so I think it's more about rather than the newness about the mastery of it I love that. And listeners, did you hear? It's five minutes of each thing. I know as a recovering perfectionist, I mean, come on, (laughs) that I would lock into the thinking sometimes, a workout's an hour. I've got to do that. I've got to read this whole chapter. I've got to write this whole thing. Well, then that's six hours out of your day and no, that's not doable. And I love what Gina said. Five minutes, five minutes, five. That is doable and that is progress and that keeps you moving forward step at a time and like what you were saying it's it's mastery of that and Mm -hmm. bravo that's 
absolutely amazing. Cool. Yeah. Now I want to get a little bit sexy with you. Let's do it. Oh yeah. I want to step into the burlesque of dropping your cover and revealing what's underneath. Okay. Let's <laughs> okay. do it. The five steps of flaunt are find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. And as we go through those five steps, I want you to open kimono, drop the cover, be okay. as full as you feel. Okay. Great. <laughs> Perfect. The first step is find your fetish. And that is that thing that gets you really excited. Like when we're kids, we play for the sake of playing. We don't play to accomplish something. We don't play to lose weight. We don't play. We play because it's wonderful and it's our fetish. Mm -hmm. What are some of your fetishes? Well, I've got a new one. And so I'm 47 years old and I've always been, whatever, I've never had body issues. I've never had... Uh, an eating issue it's uh, uh, or really a weight issue and then so because of that I've never really I've always whatever I haven't given it much time and attention and you know that thing that they say when you gain like two pounds a year <laughs> like <In there. laughs> and then I was like and I turned like 47 I'm like what like what is this and then I started telling, this is probably going on for the past, I don't know, at least five years, you know, so like, whatever, 40, it doesn't matter. I basically put on a good 25 pounds and I, I would do different things throughout the years from the masculine perspective. I was like, yes. um, okay, it's getting ready for summer. Let's lose the weight, you know, starvation diet, workout. Okay, didn't do that. Okay, then I did try the Ducan diet, stop that. I mean, and when I say try, I'm talking like six weeks and it's over. It's not like a, like a year round thing. This is like, a, it's not. Uh, I tried HCG for a while, like one time, blah, blah, blah. And then um, no, nothing was working, nothing was sticking, nothing was pleasurable. And as I really deepened into my queenhood, I, I'm just into everything being pleasurable. Wow. And I, I could tell my hormones were out of balance. It was like, you know, some night sweats and like, Ugh. so I went to an integrative medicine doctor, I went to a naturopath and she balances my hormones. And I made the decision and I couldn't believe I hadn't done this before about my body. I had transformed my money story, my mother's story, my man's story, my client story team. Like I've transformed so much in my life. I never had a body transformation story. And I said, I'm making the decision to do this. And I started losing weight at the beginning of this year and I've lost 15 pounds so far. I'm obsessed. Like I've never been like body obsessed before. And my husband's like, do I need to get you a pole? Cause I like keep looking at yes. myself in the mirror and I'm like, I like, I'm going shopping in my own closet, like clothes that had tags on them. I'm not wearing, like I am having a blast. So this isn't like a grueling, like workout, lose weight. Like, it, like I love, I'm in love with my personal trainer. I, I like enjoy the workouts. I'm, I'm not, I'm like eating what I want and drinking, by the way, like I've, I've moderate, you know, I'm doing a few things in moderation, but the, between just naturally balancing my hormones and 
and working out and making the decision that at 47, I can be like the sexiest of my life. Yes. It's so much fun. And like, I'm going to keep going. And like my husband, I think he's just, he's like, what has like come over you? And I'm like having a blast. Yeah. I love that. And for the record, my pole is right over there. <laughs> it's the best workout ever. Okay. Well, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, so the next step of flaunt is L, laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that make you laugh? And do you have any tips to help listeners find laughter when their Ooh. day is kind of tough? When what's tough? If their day is kind of tough. Their day is tough. Um, well, I would say for, uh, for me with laughter, I had a story that I wasn't funny. And so it's always, it's funny to say that you're not funny, but then it like, it ends there. And again, injured feminine instinct, like, you know, in my family, there were certain people who were funny and I wasn't one of them. And, um, it was actually my friend, Jen Sincero. Like I was just being myself with her and she's like, you're funny. And I was like, what? What? Like you're funny. Like I'm no, I'm not funny. She's like, honey, you're funny. And, um, so I think that, like owning your own sense of humor. I think it's one of the first lines of the book um, of the of queen of my book is like, you know, a queen usually has a great sense of humor. So I think that's part of, the, of that comes from wisdom. Like you don't get so upset when you're like, mm, wrong again, or nothing's working today. And I also do think it depends on who you surround yourself with. Like my, um, I'm in Miami beach right now for an event. And like my team is with me and we like, we laugh from our guts together. So I think it's, you got to have your own sense of humor and it's all about who you surround yourself with as well. Absolutely. And you know, you kind of um, snuck into the next one, AU accept unconditionally, which is the golden center of flaunt. And it's my belief that when we accept everything as it is unconditionally, then we can start manifesting and creating and moving forward. Yeah. Do you have any wisdom or any stories about a time you really had to get real, unmask yourself, accept unconditionally, and then before you moved into that transformation? Oh, I mean, to- the, the, my whole life, but for, for sure the last 20 years, I think um, I feel led to give up my practice around it at this point because like the, at a certain point, the, the details don't actually matter. Right. And I've really gotten into everything is happening for you, not to you. Everything is happening for you, not to you. And so in terms of just like loving yourself unconditionally, loving the circumstances unconditionally, it doesn't mean that you put up with it. It doesn't mean that you, you buckle. It doesn't mean that you lower your standards, but just really, um, uh, really getting everything is happening for you, not to you. And when you're seeking what that could possibly be, uh, the universe will deliver the miracles because they always exist. There's like, there is nothing happening that's not under universal control. And uh, it's our job to find the good in it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now that next um, letter in flaunt is N, navigate the negative. Yes. In, yeah. Negative is just a perspective and we have to navigate around it. Mm-hmm. What are some of the tips or ideas you've got for listeners around navigating negative and persevering even when things are difficult? I would say cultivate a belief that negative doesn't exist. 
And by that, I don't mean doing a spiritual bypass and, and being like, everything's okay, everything's okay. It's, we create negative associations when certain things happen. We make things mean something that typically the universe does not mean. So for example, um, come up with one in my business. Okay, I remember years ago, I, I always loved teaching all things queen and I've been super high touch and low tech and like the luxury brand of personal development. And I, you know, I'd cross the seven figure lines and my clients were like, how do you sell? How do you sell? Obviously you have to be great at sales if you're going to be at that level. And so they kind of convinced me to teach a, a sales course and I threw it out online and a whole bunch for me, a whole bunch of people had signed up for it. And I was like, Oh, well, that's cool. I think there were like 125 people in the program at that time. And that was like a big number for me then. Right. And like 5,000 people on my list. And I was like, well, you can't really learn sales in six weeks. I should, the class was called sales superstar. I'm like, I should do sales superstar too. And so I go and I toss the next class out there. It's only 500 bucks. Five people signed up. Out of like 125 happy campers, a 5,000 person list, five people signed up. And I was like, you know what? <sighs> I could have seen that as a negative experience, but I've done enough spiritual work to say, to understand when the faucet gets turned off, it's direction. It's not no, it's the universe is guiding me differently. And so I was like, what are you doing? We were having a blast. I was being of service. I'm teaching people sales. I'm good at it. Like, why couldn't you bless me with this? And I heard, Gina, what's the most pleasurable way you would like to make money? Like I was doing something because I could. I was doing something because I thought it would make money. And I didn't consult my own design. And I had this download it, like I want, I just, this was like the first time I got the download to do destination one day intensives. And it, like, and I had this vision. I was like, I want to do, a, I want to offer one day intensives at the Ritz in Paris and at the Lanesboro in London and in Marrakesh and Provence and like, like the Greek Isles. And like, I did this whole, I picked seven places and charged $15,000 for the day. And I put it out there and in, Five, what, no, wait, what was it? In, in seven days, no, in five days, all seven of them sold out. That's what it was. And, and so my point is what I've learned is that I could have gone negative with it. Oh my gosh, nobody likes me. Oh my gosh, I suck as a teacher. Oh my gosh, if I can't sell a $500 teleclass, I guess I should sell it. $27 info product. And so I didn't let it mean a negative thing. I looked into what did the universe have it? What would the universe have it mean? So if you can train your brain to not look at things negatively. Sometimes it takes a little bit of a journey. Right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be super transparent here. I just came out with my first book. I've waited 20 years to go on a book tour. Yep. Corona is kind of effing with my plan right now. Yes, it is. So, um, but the universe has a plan. This is, you know, I don't know what that is in this particular moment, but I refuse to be like, ah. I mean, I, I, you know, the plan was 
a whole domestic thing for the next two months, an Australia thing, a UK thing, a Europe thing, and then there's a Middle East thing. So if everything is going according to universal design and everything is happening for me, not to me, I will get back to you on what that actual solution is. <laughs> I don't have it right now, but I refuse to believe that it's negative. Absolutely. I love that because that is that perfect blending of accepting unconditionally, navigating the negative, and yeah, it's receiving. What do I get to receive next? And there's some excitement in that. What do I get to receive next? <laughs> now, that last step of flaunt is T, trust in your truth. And, you know, that's kind of encapsulates so much of what we talked about. What is your pleasure? What do you want? What I would like for you to do is describe yourself to the listeners without using your title your education, your relationship to anybody else. It doesn't matter if it's a cohesive, coherent sentence or okay. if it's just random words, but I just want to hear you talk about your truth. Who is Gina DeVee naked without any covering, just as a heart and a soul? Mm. Gina DeVee is a Fiercely feminine, passionate woman who is lit up about lifestyle and transformation. Ah, that's beautiful. I love that. Gina, I have had so much fun. I would, like to, <laughs> I would just like to whip out and have a ha virtual happy hour with all of our listeners here. Yes, that'd be so fun. Yes. Now, that's how we have to do it right now. <laughs> I know. Dang it. <laughs> now, I trust that at some point you'll get back on book tour. Um, yes. But in the meantime, where can listeners get a hold of your book or learn more about you? Yes, please go to divineliving.com. If you want to get the book, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash book. But if you go to divineliving.com, there's all sorts of free videos, podcast links, beautiful resources that it's my prayer that they really serve you and support you on your journey. Absolutely. And I will put that information up on the show page as well. Listeners, if you have any questions, reach out to me. I can forward you to Gina. Reach out to Gina. If you have deep thoughts and you just kind of want to share, I always love hearing your stories. So reach out to either one of us. Share your stories. Share your transformations. Yes. And if you want, um, tag us on Instagram. Like, go and share what you've gotten from this time. And tag us. DM us. Because uh, Instagram's a great way to stay in touch as well. Oh, it totally is. Across any social. We will find you if you can find us. <laughs> So listeners, have a fantastic, amazing week. And as usual, never forget to flaunt. See you next time. Gina, that was so much fun.